Amino acids are the basic building blocks of life, and I know firsthand how critical it is to stay healthy. Therefore, I've been on the lookout for quite some time for something that's 100% science-backed that could both help with strength, cardiovascular health, and active aging. That's why I'm so happy I recently discovered Life from the Amino Company. Life is a patented blend of essential amino acids that works to improve strength, heart health, and overall quality of life so you can stay healthy and active as you age. It's an easy-to-use powder that you mix with water for a delicious drink that keeps you healthy. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com slash genius. That's spelled A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash genius. Use coupon code genius for a 30% discount at checkout. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Dr. Ernst von Schwartz. Uh, he's the author of a new book called The Secret World of STEM Therapy, What You Need to Know About the Health, Beauty, and Anti-Aging Breakthrough. He's a German-American physician, PhD, that has more than, he is, well, sorry, he's a descendant of a family that has more than 20 doctors of medicine throughout the centuries, which is really, really cool. So, Dr. Schwartz, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me on, Richard. My pleasure. Yeah, that's really interesting. So your family has had physicians in it for hundreds of years, literally. How far can you trace it back? Oh, well, my God, it goes back to the personal physician of the Austrian Empress, uh, Maria Theresia. Oh, wow. If you were Greek, maybe you might have Hippocrates back in your family line. It's uh, it's not any Greeks in the in the family history, but uh, Austrians and Germans mainly. Oh, that's that's very cool. Well, tell me about your path into medicine. Do you did you feel obligated to do it, or was it an interest of yours? Like, what's a bit about your background? Well, I mean, it, it was like my grandmother made the decision. She actually did decide that my sister was supposed to be a physician. I was supposed to be a lawyer. It turned out the other way around. So. My, my sister became a judge and I became a physician. It, someone had to because it was just a family tradition. So we had to go in, in that direction. I, n- I never was asked what I want to do, to be honest. It was just determined for me, more or less, but I let it go. Hmm. I went okay. There. Well, how did you get to this position where you work with stem cells? What, what was a little bit of your career like so far? Well, I, I'm a cardiologist in particular, a transplant cardiologist and also um, a interventional cardiologist, but um, I have been involved in basic research from the get-go. I was a scholar at a Max Planck Institute for Experimental Cardiology in Germany, which is like the highest level of um, basic research institutions in Europe, and did basic research from gel electrophoresis to cell culture work to uh, animal studies. And um, we worked on under whatever you might want to call under that big name of cardioprotection, basically how can we protect organs such as the heart from damage. And uh, for years we worked something which we call angiogenesis, meaning we try to find ways 
to build new blood vessels in order to overcome changes caused by lack of oxygen, ischemia, basically, heart attacks. And in the frame of using different products such as growth hormones, for example, we then switched to using embryonic cells in experimental animals, including stem cells. And we could then show in, in 1989 as the first in the world that if we use the embryonic cells and stem cells of the embryos of pregnant rats and transplant those cells into recipient rats in, in which we created heart attacks before, that those cells not only could survive for several months, but they also contributed to improvement of the contractile function of those hearts. So that was basically the, the beginning of modern stem cell research in humans, because it, it was it was like phenomenal to see that cells obviously have the ability to develop into any tissue they are put in and then contribute to improvement of the function of those tissues, in particular in were, the heart. Were these, um, were these induced pluripotent stem cells or cells no. like from skin or where did they come from? They were basically isolated from the embryos. So that was, again, that, that's animal studies, of course. They were not induced pluripotent stem cells. We didn't need them, of course, at this point. And at that point, nobody really knew exactly what they were. And we, we stay away from them for certain reasons today. But what we could show is, again, that number one, stem cells obviously have some blurry potency and they have the ability to adjust to any environment you put them on in. So if you put them into hard muscle tissue, they are obviously able to develop into cardiomyocytes, hard muscle cells. If you put them in the brain, they are able to develop neurons and brain cells. If you put them in the liver, they're able to develop into hepatocytes or liver cells. So that's basically the, the miracle of those cells. And since they are able to do that, we then thought it through, well, why not using then this, this pluripotency of cells to repair damage in patients who had, for example, a heart attack or liver cirrhosis or Parkinson's? And um, that basically started that hype 20 years ago of clinical studies, which all, by the way, showed benefits. There's no doubt that stem cells have an enormous potential in repairing damage. And in my personal opinion, this is the, the, the future of medicine. So what are current stem cell protocols look like? You know, what conditions is it? Are you still focusing on heart conditions? And, you know, how has the protocol changed over the years? Well, stem cells, let me just back up there for, for a second. So stem cell therapy is not FDA approved, um, with one exception, which is stem cell transplantation for certain types of cancer. But that's a complete different story, and that, that's um, done since, since decades now. But the stem cell therapy we are talking about here is not FDA approved for any condition, period. However, there are several um, studies have been done in two forms of diseases, if you wish. One is the acute injuries, whether it's an acute rupture of a muscle or whether it's acute arthritis in the knees or any other acute injuries such as an acute stroke or an acute heart attack where stem cells have been applied oftentimes directly into the tissues. And the other big group of conditions is what we call chronic degenerative diseases, which reaches from neurodegenerative diseases like um, dementia to heart failure to vascular 
complications from long-standing diabetes and hypertension to chronic kidney disease, among others. And also in those chronic degenerative conditions, the application of stem cells in clinical trials with relatively small numbers of patients have shown benefits. Having said that, there has been never any study showed shown that any condition can be cured by a single simple stem cell injection, but the outcomes with regard to quality of life, patient symptoms, and functional abilities according to whatever condition has been treated has significantly improved. So our focus over the last yeah, 20 years now has been mainly the vascular issues like heart disease, vascular disease, including, for example, non-healing ulcers on the legs or including developing gangrene and patients were deemed for leg amputations have shown enormous, fabulous results with regard to saving limbs healing ulcers on the legs completely, improving conditions of heart failure without really solving the underlying problems completely, but improving functional capabilities, keeping patients out of the hospital, improving quality of life, and improving their symptoms. Um, and, and that's more than just anecdotal. I mean, this has been published in, in several studies. We, we, in addition, have Last year, for example, done a COVID study, which was published. We did a study for erectile dysfunction. And also in the last years, we have focused more on, on something which we call a little non-scientific, everything which has to do with anti-aging. Maintaining your strength and a healthy heart as you age helps promote healthy living and hence quality of life for all people as they age. To help prevent the natural decline of muscle and heart function, it's important to make sure you are getting the nutrition your body needs. And not just any nutrition, but science-backed nutrition, like Life by the Amino Co. You can take Amino Life as part of your daily normal routine to help maintain muscle mass as you age, maintain good heart health, and increase longevity. A recent large clinical trial showed that life was more effective than even exercise in maintaining strength and physical function in older patients. Further, Life has been shown in clinical trials to clinically improve blood lipid profiles by reducing triglycerides, LDL, VLDL, and total cholesterol. Life is 100% science-backed and is designed for heart health and active aging, which are crucial for a total lifespan. Why AminoCo? Well, life works by triggering muscle protein synthesis, which is the body's mechanism for repairing and building muscle. When tested against any other protein source, Life is more than three times more effective on a gram-for-gram -gram basis at stimulating muscle growth and repair. I know just how important it is for my quality of life and staying healthy as I age. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com slash genius. That's spelled A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash genius. I've been on the lookout for something that could help me support healthy blood flow and help preserve heart strength and function while also helping me maintain healthy triglyceride and LDL cholesterol levels. Further, something that tastes great and is easy to incorporate into my daily routine. So if you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to maintaining muscle mass and cardiovascular health as you age, I recommend you give life a try. Don't forget, right now you can get 30% off with code GENIUS when you visit aminoco.com slash genius. Plus, get a free gift with every new purchase. But um, so what is legal and what is not legal currently in the United States for stem cells and 
you know, are these things legal in other countries? But what, what can people get and what can't they get right now? There's nothing illegal with stem cell therapy. Oh, I mean not approved. I'm sorry. Not yeah. approved. So nothing, nothing is approved. Nothing is approved. That means basically that neither the FDA nor any medical large society will recommend unapproved therapies to a large population group because not because individual researchers or physicians don't believe in it, but just because of the fact that there's a lot of open, unanswered questions, but we just don't know yet how many cells, what type of cells for what condition and so on. So not approved does not equal illegal, of course. It just means it's not widely recommended. The FDA watches many people who do stem cell therapy because, honestly, there's a lot of black sheep out there, and they, they promise cures of diseases and charge a lot of money for that. And that was also part of my book, The Secret World of Stem Cell Therapy, where I just want to inform the public about what is really known, what are the facts, what are the studies? What did they show? And where do you have to be careful? And you have to be careful. For for example, if you look for any condition, let's say Parkinson's disease and stem cell therapy, and you do an internet search, within 0.4 seconds, you get like uh, 20 million hits. But if you look at the, the actual number of patients treated and published, is is extremely small. I mean, there's good data in a small group of patients, but all those 20 million hits on the internet is pure advertising. There's nothing to do with science. It's nothing to do with published data. It's advertising from usually people who have never done any scientific protocols who really don't know what science even is and don't have a reputation as clinicians or researchers in that particular field. So on one hand, we have this enormous potential the future of medicine, which is changing the paradigms from what we call reactive to regenerative medicine, where we really repair damage. On the other hand, of course, there's a huge business entity out there in the world, all over the world, actually, which uh, uses this hype on stem cell therapy for business purposes without really understanding the science behind it and without understanding potential risks and so on. And people make obviously money out of, out of uh, the misery of, of patients. And in that sense, the book should also be a warning not to believe anything which is just written on, on an advertisement in, on the web or what people tell you. So you what, what, does this, um, what does this tell you that it's been you know 20 plus years and None of these procedures are yet approved. Does that does that tell you that they're very tricky, or you know why is it so long to get anything approved in this area? Well, it's not approved, and it probably won't be approved for the next ten years or so. Because um, one of the main reasons is there's really no big industrial lobby behind it. So if you look for any medical therapy, any drug for the treatment of whatever, a weak heart or so. I mean, there's usually a pharmaceutical company behind it. And to develop a drug uh, takes on average 10 years and requires $100 million for preclinical and clinical studies. In the stem cell world, there is no big pharma because big pharma doesn't make money out of it. So there's no big industry lobby. So the studies which are done are usually sponsored by grants, which are much limited with regard to the amounts compared to the, the pharmaceutical industry or other industries. So there's not that much money available in stem cell research. And there is still a large discrepancy between the basic research, the translation into the bedside treatment, basically. Before we get started, I have a quick favor. 
I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the, uh, you know, the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. So why, why isn't uh, Big Pharma involved in this? Do they not see the ability to profit, or does well, this work so well that you know? Pharma it, doesn't make any money out of it. It's not a product they could sell because stem cell comes from the patients, right? So either from from donors like umbilical cord or from the patient themselves, then it's, it's their own cells. There's no there's no business advantage. You still have to you still have to process them and administer them and culture them, and I would think there's still a lot involved, right? I'm sorry, what? You still have to process them and, I guess, uh, culture them and prepare no, no, them. No, you're not allowed to culture them or process them or manipulate them because if you do that, then you create a drug and that is not allowed. And then the FDA will say, absolutely not. You're only you're allowed to do it, even though it's not recommended because you're not manipulating the cells. So there's, there's hardly any processes after you basically um, uh, get the cells um, you just isolate them, but you have to use them fresh. Again, if you manipulate them, that's like creating a drug, and that's a completely different animal. And we don't need to do that right. because it's so. Oh, but why wouldn't why wouldn't that be a path for big pharma to be able to say, oh, it's a drug, and then sell it and make money from it? Well, you have to ask big pharma for that. But I mean, they it's not anything they could patent, of course, because everybody has their own cells, you know. So it's not something they could make or manipulate the cells in a way that they are stronger or, or, or live longer. That that's We just don't have any, any data on that. But no big pharma industry has ever jumped on that ship um, because they don't see anything to sell there. Again, the, the people who do stem cell research are those usually who are sponsored by, if they're lucky, by the NIH or by research grants but not by the by any industry. Hmm. So what are some of the protocols that, that you and other practitioners are able to do? And again, they're not, I guess, formally accepted, but what allows you to still do some stem cell therapy and what does it look like? Well, we have certain research protocols in place where we uh, treat, uh, I think it's a total of 20 conditions, mainly um, related to chronic degenerative um, diseases of the heart and vascular system, of the lungs and of the brain. But besides that, of course, there is also this, this big name now of, of what we call anti-aging management. And that's not really very scientific, but we do a lot of treatments for uh, facial skin rejuvenation, for example, now. We do a lot for erectile dysfunction, especially in men. And every single study which has been, we just published the largest ever conducted study in that. Um, showed enormous benefits. We do hair loss treatments with stem cell injections. So there, there's a lot in, in, in 
those kind of rejuvenation techniques uh, where stem cells play a big role besides the vascular diseases. That's, that's basically the, the, the biggest activity for us. So maybe we can pick a couple conditions. So like uh, you said, erectile dysfunction and skin rejuvenation. What? How does it work and what happens? For, for which one? The skin rejuvenation? Oh, yeah, maybe skin rejuvenation first and then erectile dysfunction second. Maybe those two conditions. Yeah, skin rejuvenation, for example, we inject basically millions of, of cells using tiny needles over the facial skin, for example. The, what the cells do is basically they, they, they have three, if not four, effects. Number one is they create angiogenesis, meaning they induce new capillaries which improve the circulation, the perfusion, the oxygen supply in the skin layers. Number two, they are anti-inflammatory. So if there's chronic inflammation or damage from whatever uh, where the patient a week ago, for example, is severe inflammation and scar tissue after burning parts of the, the facial skin. So the, the stem cells are anti-inflammatory. They reduce the infla- inflammation and by thus improve healing. And number three is they have some degree of regenerative power. So they can regenerate damaged cells. So they, they lead to basically re-epitalization, that's how we call it, of the superficial skin layers. They basically also lead to re-endothelialization of the vascular cell layer. So that leads to the improved circulation. And that plus the anti-inflammatory basically rebuilds the superficial and even the deeper skin layers. So if we do that, usually after a few days, those people, they, they just glow because their skin looks completely refreshed. So, I mean, I'm in Los Angeles. We have a lot of people from Hollywood who come here before the red carpets a week or so or before any auditions. And then a week later, they, they just glow. They look 10 years younger. So that's that's one, one area, for example. The other big one, as uh, we mentioned, Richard, is um, the erectile dysfunction. And um, same thing, erectile dysfunction is mainly, as we know nowadays, a vascular condition. It is endothelial dysfunction, that's how we call it, which then subsequently leads to erectile dysfunction, which is a vascular problem. So the stem cells, due to the effects on the vascular system and the improved circulatory power after angiogenesis, improve basically the quality and the duration of the erection. We have never cured erectile dysfunction completely, but there's objective measures in place where we can measure um, the erection, either by ultrasound or by hardness scores or even by something like the International Index for Erectile Dysfunction Questionnaire, IA5 and 25. And by using those well-established measures, if we, we do the injections directly into the penis with the stem cells and then re-evaluate the patient's after six months, and we had done it before the injection, then we see significant improvements of all of those parameters from the quality of erection to the um, duration of erection to the ability to fulfill intercourses and then that. That's, you know, that's excellent. What other conditions are you guys treating or are there any other conditions that are up and coming that you're looking to treat? Well, there is, as you probably know, there's a lot of ongoing in that whole field of anti-aging now. Um, and again, as I mentioned earlier, there is a paradigm shift from reactive medicine to regenerative medicine. So uh, a lot of people believe that certain processes of 
cellular senescence, meaning the cellular aging, can be manipulated in two ways. Number one, by genetic changing of the, the cellular's determination, basically to avoid going into the state of senescence, of aging and then dying. And number two, even if that happens, using regenerative medicine by stem cell injections, by repairing whatever damage has occurred, which we lose as we age. We still have some repair mechanisms. So cut yourself on the arm, for example, of course, there's some repair, but there will be a scar left. And the regenerative medicine basically is replacing this scar with active tissue, whether it's in the heart, in the brain, in the kidneys, or in the skin, you name it. So that's basically where where the focus is now. And, And some people even believe that Using regenerative medicine in a couple of decades, people can become 150 years or 200 years or even can live longer. Not sure about that, but I mean, that's where the research goes right now. And that I wouldn't, wouldn't call it immortality because I don't believe in that, but into the prolongation of life, which will be likely possible by using regenerative medicine. So what is, uh, what does stem cell therapy look like? You know, maybe uh, five, ten years from now, is it going to be radically changed or is it just going to be applied to more conditions or what will it look like? Well, I'll give you one example. A lot of people undergo therapies for if they have severe arthritis on the knees nowadays and they get a knee replacement, which is a big surgery and people require time out to recover. It takes several months basically to recover from a knee surgery. So in the future, especially as we age um, and the risk at increased ages are higher with any surgery, more and more people will probably request stem cell injections, which is much better than steroid injection. For example, lasts much longer with regard to the anti-inflammatory effects and the, the pain relief afterwards. And so down the road, many payers might say, well, I mean, this is also not only much cheaper than a knee replacement, but patients feel better. They don't have to be in the hospital, which saves them money. They don't have to go to rehab will save some money and the risks are much, much lower. So I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years, many payers insurance companies will say, well, we'll, we'll support that um, because at the end of the day, the patient satisfaction is higher and we don't need everybody having a knee replacement. That's not, of course, for everybody. There's patients who still will need a knee or hip replacement, no doubt about it, but there might be patients who might not be the best candidates for that. And I'm confident that insurance companies, even Medicare in the future, might support this this concept and then pay for it, as some insurances do already for PRP injection, which is platelet-rich plasma, which is like a very cheap version of a stem cell. Um, have you heard about the companies banking people's stem cells? You know, let's say you're you know 30 years old, you bank your stem cells. 10 years later, you now want to use them. Do you know any companies that are doing this kind of thing? And would that be helpful to the cause or it's not really important? Well, there's, there, yeah, you can bank your stem cells now, but if you want to use, if you want to thaw them and, and use them on yourself, basically in 10 years from now, we're actually currently not allowed to do that. You can bank your stem cells. You can bank them, but you can't reuse them in the U.S. You have to take them out and go somewhere else to use them. If you bank the cells, for example, from your cord blood or placenta after you're giving birth, and that's more and more done. I've done that with my children, for example, also. I mean, that, that's, that's a great thing because if 
one of the, the kids in the future, for example, need a stem cell transplantation for, let's say, a Hodgkin's lymphoma or any blood cancer disease, instead of looking for an HLA match among millions and millions of people, which you never might find, you have your own then banked and then you could use them as a treatment down the road. I think it's a great thing to have this. Mm, okay. You mentioned a few times, you can do this, you can't do that. You can do this. You, this is recommended. Legally, how, how do you know what you can do and you can't? It just seems like uh, unclear to me. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of confusion about it. Again, it's detailed in the end. So you're not allowed to manipulate cells because that means you create a drug and the FDA will not allow that. And if you try to do that, they will shut you down. Um, you can use cells freshly. It is somewhat FDA regulated, even though not recommended. But the biggest issue for the FDA is, of course, they want their job is to prevent harm to the public. And they want to prevent harm in, in different ways, including, of course, avoiding that people make false statements or false promises. And that has been done in the past by many, and they were shut down accordingly. And they want to avoid, of course, that, that people just don't believe in hearsay uh, rather than really looking at the science behind it. On the other hand, like I said from the very beginning, every single study which ever has been published for any condition using stem cells has shown benefits. So there's a huge potential, but there's still a lot of work to be done. We need larger, larger scale randomized controlled clinical trials to use different types of stem cells, different numbers of stem cells for different conditions and basically analyze them very critically. So our COVID study, for example, was the first ever double-blind placebo-controlled pilot phase study where we treated very sick patients with respiratory failure in a community hospital um, in a double-blinded fashion, meaning half of the patient received a placebo plus their standard therapy, while the other half received a stem cell injection plus their standard therapy. And even though that was a very small study, it showed a significant benefit with regard to the outcomes, even a survival benefit, even though that was not, the study wasn't powered to measure that, but it showed it anyhow in those who received stem cells. So great data, but much, much more to do. Very good. Well, how can people find out more about your work? Where can they get the book? I guess it's on well, Amazon or where you can get it. World of stem cells, stem cell therapy is available on Barnes and Noble website. Everywhere our books are sold, including Amazon, Target, um, other sites. And uh, yeah, they can Google me, and uh, we we have a YouTube channel. It's not only about stem cells, but mainly, yeah. If you Google me or go on my website, uh, com, you get a little more information also about the book. Very good. Well, Dr. Von Schwartz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. Before you go, if you're looking for a nutritional advantage, be sure to check out AminoCo's 100% science-backed life formula. It was created by lead scientist and co-founder Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2 hours and 30 minutes, set national age group records, and he's still running and fueling his body with life at age 75. I recommend you give life a try. It's three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any protein source. The AminoCo is giving our listeners 30% off all AminoCo products, including life. You can check out their science by visiting AminoCo.com genius 
and use coupon code GENIUS for a 30% discount at checkout. Remember, go to aminoco.com slash genius and use the code GENIUS to get 30% off at checkout. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.